0: Hello and welcome to the F1 Strategy Report. My name's Michael Amanato and this is a preview of the 2020 Bahrain, Sakia and Abu Dhabi Grand Prix for Apex Race Manager, the mobile race management simulator. The end of the season is nigh. Well, just about. We've got three races to go, all back-to-back, with two in Bahrain and the third in Abu Dhabi. First to Bahrain, where last year Charles Leclerc announced himself as Ferrari's coming man, with just about a flawless drive from his maiden pole to what should have been an easy victory, until a late power unit problem dropped him to third. So effective was Leclerc that strategy didn't even really play a role for him. But it did for Ferrari. Teammate Sebastian Vettel ought to have been in second place to pick up the pieces and open the team's victory account. But he'd been caught in an undercut trap set by Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton. But while an earlier stop allowed Hamilton to slash his deficit to Vettel, it was an unforced spin on the Germans' part in the heat of battle that ultimately cost him the place. Indeed, it damaged the Ferrari's tyres, which in turn broke his front wing and left him fifth at the flag. It also meant Mercedes got away to a second 1-2 finish for the season. I caught up with Pete Anderson from theredline.com.au to debrief this decisive moment of the race. I think Vettel's
1: lose at all costs thing has affected <laughs> the whole Ferrari team. I mean, am I wrong? No. Like, Vettel is, Vettel's, I mean, I, I don't subscribe to the whole idea that Vettel entirely threw away the championship last year. I mean, the, mm. anything could have happened, you know, other forces majeure. But he really did a good job of doing some really dumb stuff for a multiple world champion. It was mm. dumb stuff. And then he's, he's, he's picked up where he where he left off by doing some dumb stuff in the <laughs> Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, you know, the wing failed as a result of him being stupid and, and, and then saying in the media the day after, oh, it wasn't the pressure. <laughs> no, no, it can't have been the pressure. It couldn't possibly have been the pressure. Hardly anyone, No, I don't think anyone else really spun at that corner, apart from mm-hmm. him. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, the... the uh, because the t- the- there was team orders in Australia, wasn't there? Where was, There were at yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, which sucked. And then, oh, we we're looking after the engine, which then <laughs> failed. So that worked out well. Um, so, yeah, I, I found the whole Ferrari... I mean, it was, was really good to see Ferrari had rediscovered what they appear to have lost in the transition mm-hmm. from Spain to Australia. But the, to then so comprehensively throw away Leclerc... I mean, he was... As you say, faultless apart from the start. He mm-hmm. I, he was absolutely on top of it. He is he gave Vettel the pasting I've been expecting for the last six months. It mm. was glorious. And then Ferrari goes, "Oh no, we've got to wait a race." <laughs> and they did. It's... So I felt. T- and but how gracious was Leclerc? Mm-hmm. Gracious, was Lewis Hamilton of all people? Yeah, speak to him before he did the run into the into the arms of his team. <laughs> like everyone was like, "Oh my goodness,
2: how could you do this?"
1: So yeah, no, it was. Um, uh, I, I was. And uh, Leclerc is, I think. I think. I think this is probably the beginning of the end for Vettel. Mm. If if that last season at
2: Red Bull wasn't already.
0: The race-defining move actually ended up being uh, an undercut. An undercut that maybe shouldn't have worked. Mm. There was this battle between Hamilton and Vettel for the whole race, Mm. which really, again, underscored how much of a different league Leclerc was in. Because while Vettel in a car that was the fastest this weekend... Um, was stuck fighting with Hamilton. Leclerc was off in the distance. Uh, He was undercut once at the first uh, pit stop. Hamilton stopped on lap 13, Vettel the subsequent lap. Didn't take him too long to get that position back. I think it took him eight or nine laps. The second time around, it seemed like it shouldn't have worked at all because Vettel had a four and a half second buffer, something in that magnitude. Didn't quite work. It cut it down to 0.8 seconds. So he didn't actually get the advantage. But close enough that with an extra lap of heat in the tyres, mm. and with Vettel already a bit unhappy on his tyres, was enough to start to pressure him. Yeah. And for two laps they fought, mm. and then and it was a good battle actually. It was. I'll actually, give Sebastian yeah. Vettel that. Oh. He's got a certain amount of, of life in him for a battle, I think. <laughs> is the way that we can describe it. This week it was two laps, and then it sort of came undone. Oh. There, look, we can we can prescribe some. Some reasons for this But after two laps The long and short of it is In a faster car That should have been able To defend against Hamilton He spun Dropped to ninth And recovered to fifth
1: When the wing went It was like Yep that's his weekend (laughs) That's just this weekend Summed up Actually it's the last two races Summed up Like how weird is it That a rear tyre delamination Destroys the front wing (laughs) That's really odd But
0: enjoyable I liked the way and Lewis Hamilton is, dare I say, occasionally prone to exaggerating what happens, but I did yeah. like his description of this event. Yeah, and it's very plausible, in fact. Yeah, that he he took note of the way the wind was blowing into turn four. Oh, it was yeah, the it. He was yeah, the
1: flag. He was yeah,
0: pointing to the flag, <laughs> uh, and he meant he broke. He broke later into that corner. Yeah, uh, and whether or not he was going to do that anyway, so that's another well, point. He's probably not. going to give it a whirl. Yeah, 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 but it worked for him. It was certainly yeah. what transpired. And then coming out of that corner, the way the track bends to the left, where Vettel lit up his ties, There was suddenly a tailwind. Now okay. maybe there was can, no pressure though. No, it was, there was not no pressure. pressure. It was a tailwind. That no, was a tailwind. It was, well, it was
1: negative aerodynamic pressure. Yeah, clearly what not it was actual air pressure. pressure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: it's not not psychological pressure. Oh. But this ultimately was the battle for victory. It transpired, yeah. and so this is where. As much as an engine failure even had Vettel won the race for Leclerc's car would have been devastating in mm. the weekend he had. Mm. This is what compounded Ferrari's misery, yeah. is the fact that Vettel should have been in a position to win this race, was given the strategy to be in a position to win this race. And the car. And it was, the car, of course.
1: Galloped off into the distance
0: mm-hmm. And But couldn't string it together The first two races of this triple header will be held in Bahrain The Bahrain and Sakhir Grand Prix But on different track configurations The first race will be on the Grand Prix Layout we're all familiar with As downforce has increased over the years This has become increasingly power sensitive Traction and braking are the limiting factors here Not unlike the Red Bull Ring in Austria And you'll recall the Mercedes cars First round unreliability niggles aside Were pretty comfortable there As for strategy, the abrasive ash fault means managing wear rather than thermal degradation is generally key to maximising a stint. That's why last year the hard tyre was largely eschewed for being too hard. So this year Pirelli is going a step softer with its tyres. Whereas last year this was a nailed on two stop with the softest compounds, expect at least a little bit more variation with all three tyres potentially in play. The following race in Bahrain takes place at the outer circuit, which is most of the first and last sectors of the current configuration connected by four fast but tightening bends. The layout is even more biased towards top speed, so rebalancing the car with less downforce but without compromising traction out of the three or four slow corners that are left will be the main challenge. Once F1's done with the Bahrain doubleheader, it's directly on to Abu Dhabi for the traditional season finale. Last year, Lewis Hamilton ended his season in superlative form with his sixth career Grand Slam, with pole, fastest lap and victory after leading every lap of the race. There was no race-winning move for the Briton, who used the medium tyre in qualifying to guarantee himself an easy one-stop strategy. And so dominant was the Mercedes car that Bottas, who started from the back of the grid with an engine penalty, was contending with Charles Leclerc for the final place on the podium, but. End of the race. Ferrari snatched it, but only just thanks to a rare spot on strategy call, albeit at the expense of teammate Sebastian Vettel. I debriefed the race with Rodney Gordon from Super License F1 podcast. We've got to talk about Lewis Hamilton, the fact that he won, mm. uh, the fact that he was quite good at this race, that Mercedes was very quick. Yeah. I don't know what to make of the result here because normally we talk about this being a bit of a springboard for next season when the rules are stable. But this was the most dominant Mercedes been almost all year. I mean, what did you make of it? It's uh, it's one of their favourable tracks, though. They always do well...
2: Here. I mean, you complain about not seeing the action, but we did see the, the race-winning move when Mercedes loaded their cars off the trucks on Wednesday <laughs> and arriving and taking part in the race. That was the race-winning move, them showing up. Got him, Got him, good. <laughs> what a strategy of showing up and winning.
0: <laughs> it's really the, the Mercedes of old. the old, Well, not old, only of the um, last yeah. five years. The,
2: the, the one new. that we, the, we're all sick of. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes.
2: No, yes. I, I, yeah, uh, I think the, uh, the whole DRS debacle just... I, I think strategically that probably played the biggest the biggest uh, impact. And for fans of F1 circa 2010, they were in
0: second <laughs> heaven. Uh, normally there's a part where we do talk about the race-winning move. You've already said it. It's when <laughs> they arrived for this race. There's, there was actually, and this was one of – it's almost surprising to say but one of only six times Lewis Hamilton has has scored what is called a grand slam in yes, motorsport yes. in a race that for most other drivers was a two-stop race. His was comfortably mm. a one-stop. Uh, Verstappen was never really engaged in a battle with Charles Leclerc, but Leclerc for third did become engaged in a battle with Valtteri Bottas at the end, perhaps a little bit unexpectedly because even Mercedes' own simulation suggested Bottas would only be able to finish fifth. Instead, he finished fourth, almost finished third. Probably would have finished third had Ferrari actually, for all of the mistakes they might have made this weekend, had some relatively quick thinking towards (laughs) the end of the race by switching Leclerc onto a two-stop race with the soft tyre and it saved him by only less than a second by the time we got to the flag. So we've kind of got to give some praise to Ferrari for this. Yeah,
2: minutes. and Bottas was, was hurting in the early part of the, the, the lap, well, part of the race when there was no DRS, having to pull crazy overtakes in places where you wouldn't mm. normally overtake, where you would normally just follow the car and go, well, I'll get, him, I'll get DRS on the straight and just nail him. But instead, having to almost like get sideways and cut chicanes to try and get overtakes done, which was impressive, I thought. Mm. Um, because just put in that situation of you have to overtake cars or your race is cooked. Uh, he he did it, and that was good, but it ultimately hurt him. And yeah, finishing one second off the podium will hurt because, uh, you know, he, he drove his heart out and just uh didn't get the result that he maybe deserved under normal circumstances. But <laughs> it was a, it was a good move, for, I thought, from Mercedes uh, during qualifying because they 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 knew that Bottas was going to take a whole swathe of penalties and going to start last no matter what. And then the the question was, well, why would you run him in Q two if he's you know why, why burn up those tires? He's going to have to start on, on them. I know he's not going to start on those, but the whole point was why even bother? Why not just do whatever you want but uh, Toto Wolf said um, well it's it's all about good for his head (laughs) it's just good for his head to follow the routine and don't mess with that
0: Mm. it's like a it's like a dog it's good for a routine every morning it's just good for the head and so he did subsequently have a very good race despite starting on those used medium tyres went all the way to lap 29 before he stopped it was immediately obvious when he put on those hard tyres he was going to be a threat for that podium position Ferrari waited it was nine laps in those nine laps Bottas's uh, deficit to to Leclerc shrank from 49 seconds by 15 seconds it was pretty obvious at that Mm. point to Ferrari that was going to have to give. So they brought in Leclerc, also brought in Vettel. Twice Ferrari double-stopped yeah. Leclerc and Vettel. The first time didn't work out so well for Vettel. Really cost him some positions there. In fact, cost him a position to Bottas ultimately by the end of the <laughs> race. Uh, but for Leclerc, it was perfectly judged there, uh, uh, that stop, because it gave him just enough time to build what ended up being a nine-second buffer, which Bottas absolutely destroyed in the final few <laughs> laps of the race. Uh, but it really did come down perfectly to him managing that race as well. It shows that Leclerc's come quite a long way in that sense as well. He's always had quite a good feel for the tyres, we saw even yeah. at Selba last year. But there was a lot of pressure here to, to, to finish his last race on the podium, cap off a, a strong Ferrari season for him, yeah. uh, and really absorb that pressure, which I guess belies the fact that he's only two years into Formula 1.
2: I mean, claimed the trophy for most polls in the year and mm. um, clearly just a star on the rise, clearly uh, dominated Vettel over the whole, you know, breadth of the whole year. Um, the pit stops, it's I, – I can't think of another time in F1 history, at least not the time I've been watching, which is a while because I'm old, um, <laughs> where there's been two double stack stops from the same team. And the one of them is when the two drivers are on two different tyre strategies. Yeah. That's crazy. But it shows that they were definitely clocking what Leclerc's race was, was on to and then just stopping Vital because – Whatever. it may as well stop you. <laughs> um, and I saw there was an eagle eye uh, F1 fan who snapped a frame of one of the Ferrari engineers pulling off a tyre without gloves on. Did you see that? No, I didn't. The tyres that can reach up to 100 degrees yeah, Celsius right. just whipped it off without a... Oh, man. Wow, they're committed. Yeah. I mean, they don't muck around.
0: Yeah, they're um, a committed bunch.
2: Yes. So... Uh, they, they they definitely I don't know they're just desperate to find a way to screw up a, a pit stop and <laughs> maybe he was just yeah playing a bit of free jazz and thing I know no gloves <laughs> this will do it but no still happened uh, it wasn't even him it was it was on the it was on the right hand side of the car but Vettel's left hand wheels just didn't want to cooperate this race.
0: Yeah, it didn't work out for him. That meant ultimately he fell behind Bottas when Bottas was still recovering. Bottas perhaps still would have passed him given that strong end that, that he had Did in Did you notice Mercedes. what car he was driving? It was, it was a Mercedes. Yeah. So he, he was, was going to get him. The Yas Marina circuit is visually spectacular as a backdrop but it's pretty sanitised as a racing circuit. It's quite smooth for the tyres and not especially demanding on the car. Even with Pirelli's softest compounds, this is generally a one-stop race as Hamilton so devastatingly demonstrated last season. This is especially so given the difficulty overtaking here, with few natural passing places and many of the slower corners off camber. It means track position is important, which in turn means making fewer stops is more attractive as a strategy. Adding to intrigue at least is that, as usual, Abu Dhabi will be decisive in deciding the minor championship placings, with fourth in the driver's standings and the lucrative third on the constructors' table likely to go down to the wire. So who'll end this most unusual season on a high? I'll be back in a few days to analyse all the action from Bahrain, the first among our final triple header. Until then, you can subscribe to the Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts and don't forget to follow us on Twitter for our regular pre-race strategy guides. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you next week for a review of the Bahrain Grand Prix.